Hello, friends, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. This is a podcast of stories, stories of devastating loss and grief and heartbreak and struggle, and stories of hope and healing and faith and, yes, even joy. Underlying every conversation is the hope we have in Jesus Christ, which makes it possible to not just survive the loss of a child, but to live well while we're waiting to see them again in heaven one day. You can learn more about our ministry and the free bereaved parent retreats we host by visiting our website at www.whilewe'rewaiting.org. Welcome to episode number 144. Before we get started, I wanted to take a moment to remind you about an upcoming event we're really excited about. On April 21st and 22nd, my husband Brad and I will be part of a panel of speakers at an event in Tulsa, Oklahoma, called Discerning Biblical Truth, a Conference for Bereaved Parents. You can attend this event either in person or join it online, and it'll be recorded so it can be watched later if you're already committed elsewhere that weekend. You know, there are a lot of conferences for bereaved parents, but most of them are not faith-based, and many include content that is not biblical. Our desire with this event is to present content to grieving parents that is biblically sound, hope-filled, and with an emphasis on stewarding our grief well. This conference is sponsored by one of our favorite ministries, Our Hearts, Our Home, and you can find all the information and register on their website at www.ourheartsourhome.org slash conference. There is a link in the show notes in case you're busy doing something with your hands and can't write that down. Today's episode is a little different. With Easter coming up this weekend, I decided I wanted to share a blog post written by a friend of mine with you. Scott and Karen Harmoning's 17-year-old daughter Sarah went to heaven in June of 2017, and Karen wrote this particular post during the third Easter season after Sarah left. I believe you'll be encouraged by it. The post is titled Eagerly Waiting, and it originally appeared on the listeningtohim.com blog on April 25th, 2020. Easter of 2017 is the last day I have vivid, cohesive memories with Sarah prior to the week of her death. All the in-between days were normal days that blur together in my mind's eye, but I can clearly remember what that Easter Sunday felt like. I remember holding the camera as I took her picture that morning, the one now enlarged and hanging in our living room. I remember her not being satisfied with the way her curls were turning and her rearranging them as I got her to scoot over so we could get the beautiful lavender iris in the photo with her. I remember sitting at the table and laughing at lunch and spending the day together. The next vivid memories I have are the day before she died and, of course, the day of her death. In my mind, Easter memories are immediately followed by the memories from the week of her death. I assume that is the reason the passing of Easter each year has initiated my feelings as though I have entered a steep slide hurling me involuntarily toward Sarah's death. I was hopeful that perhaps this year would be different. Sadly, in some ways it is still much the same as the previous two years, though not quite as raw. Over the past two weeks, shared memories or photos from prior to Sarah's death have continued to bring the joy of seeing her, but also the sharper sting of the unavoidable reliving of the days leading up to her death. I repeatedly find myself tearfully wincing and instantly thinking how blissfully clueless we were, as we had no idea what agony was headed our way. Some who have not experienced such loss might chide me to simply not think about it, 
but those who have experienced such loss recognize the foolishness of such suggestions. The void of our loved one's absence, particularly the absence of one's child, is so cavernous it is impossible to avoid or forget. I am constantly aware of her absence and forever desperate to see her, to touch her, to hug her and hold her, to tell her how much I love her, to see her smile and hear her laugh. She is intimately known and loved by me and forever will be. It is that unending love that drives my endless longing to be with her. I have been convicted since Sarah left that prior to her leaving, I failed to love Jesus in the same way. Though I had surrendered my life to Him many years before and was certainly desiring and striving to live for and honor Him, I realize now the fervor of my love for Him fell short of my love for my children. I was not desperate to see Him face to face. I had much I still wanted to see and do here. Honestly, if given the option, I think I would have opted to delay his return so I could see the earthly future I imagined for my family become reality. In truth, I was not eagerly waiting for him, but was asking him to wait a few years so I could see and experience all the things I wanted to see and experience here. The day Sarah was killed, we prayed Romans 8.28 as a family believing God would indeed work miraculously to bring good from the great agony of her physical death and resulting absence. Though Sarah's physical death was and is not good, he has brought immeasurable good from it. The greatest goods to emerge in my life from that inferno is the forging of a sure and certain hope in my heart and my sincere and eager longing for Christ's return. In the depths of the darkness of the valley of the shadow of death, he has faithfully poured out his new mercies. In his loving kindness and compassion, he has ministered to my shattered heart day by day. When I felt time and time again as though I would surely drown in the pit of despair, he faithfully upheld me by his righteous right hand. He has sustained me day by day, and in the process, he set and fortified his unshakable hope in my heart. Experiencing his intimate and unwavering love and care for my family and me in the midst of suffering radically deepened my love for him and my desperation for his coming. Because of his great love for us, I am eagerly waiting for him. In retrospect, I realized before Sarah left, my hope was not fully fixed on his coming. Some of my hope was resting on my perceptions or expectations of my family's future. The things I was desiring were good things, seeing my children grow up, get married, and have their own families, but they should not have been and cannot be the source or place of my hope. He alone is able to securely hold our hope, all of His promises being sure and certain. While we may look forward to special times here on earth, our hope must remain completely fixed on Him and His eternal promises. Our fixed focus on our eternal, glorious future allows us to see beyond the temporal storms of this life, enabling us to confidently weather them all, even the most severe. I am not thankful for Sarah's death. I selfishly wish she was still here. But I am exceedingly thankful for God's continuing redemptive use of the resulting suffering to refine and purify me. Romans 5, 3-5 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 
If you are suffering right now, I pray that you'll be encouraged that the God of the universe intimately loves you and is able, willing, and desiring to redemptively use the suffering in your life for good. Through the flames of suffering, our hearts can be refined, purified, and sanctified, producing within us perseverance, character, and hope rooted and fixed in eternity. Melting away temporal, worldly hopes like dross, leaving only the one true hope that will never disappoint, by which we are strengthened and equipped to wait with perseverance and compelled to cry out in eager anticipation with all the saints before and yet to come. Come, Lord Jesus. Romans eight twenty four through 25 is our theme verse at While We're Waiting. And it says, For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We hope it brought you some comfort and encouragement today and maybe made you feel a little less alone on the journey. Please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and and maybe leave us a rating in iTunes to help others find the podcast. Again, we're glad you spent a few minutes with us today. It's a blessing to walk beside you as we seek to live well while we're waiting.